Yes, amen. Amen. appreciate that. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It doesn't look like we lost too many people from last week. Remember what I said there? I says it might not surprise me if somebody didn't even come back to the class because some of the stuff is, uh, is, can be a little bit touchy. So I want to I make this statement right off, the, uh, right off the bat. I'm very happy that we don't have any heat in the church. I'm against all heat. I don't like heat. I'm from the north. I like cold. When I got up this morning and went outside and it was, I think, 49 degrees or maybe even a little bit less, or no, I think it was 39 degrees, come to think of, I was in heaven. It was like, oh man, I've died and gone to heaven overnight here. The rapture has occurred and I am in heaven right now. So Wally this morning was telling me next week it's supposed to be in the 20s, was that right? 22 degrees or something around? Yeah, yep. So praise his holy name for that good weather that we're having here. The only, the only thing that would make this any better is if this rain was snow. You guys just think I'm nuts, you but you... What, what, what's that? You need to go back that north. Well, that's not very nice, Brother Wayne. <laughs> okay, so as a matter of fact, we are going back up north. We're, we're, we have a... We, we, no, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring some different clothes. Well, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. And anyway, the, um, we do, Patty and I are setting out today after church on a rather long excursion for, for about a week. I'm not going to be here Wednesday, but I will be back here by next weekend. Just uh, We found out Patty's mom is in the hospital right now up in upstate New York by Albany. So we're going to go up there to see her and then some people to see in Ohio and then somebody to see in Illinois. And so we've got a long trip we're going to make here starting right after church this morning. Anyways, I would ask that you all would pray for us along those lines. And, and uh, but boy, I am loving the weather. And you guys will be happy when it's, you know, August will be back around pretty soon and it'll be 120 degrees outside for 60 or 70 days in a row. And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't, uh, 
I, I, I've been working down here in Texas for the last, now coming up on 14 years, and I don't know why the whole issue with this hot weather never stuck with me until we moved down here. You know, coming down to do your job for four or five days and then going back home to uh, Ohio, where it was always, the weather up there is always good, except for the nine months of winter that we have, where you've got, you, you know, a bunch of snow on the ground and all that stuff. But uh, anyway, enough, of, enough about that. So anyhow, um, just kind of starting off this morning, does anybody have any prayer requests or praise reports or anything? Because the prayer sheet this week will not be done, right? Because you're just going to use the one from last week. Is that right, Patty? Okay. All right. So if anybody's got anything that they would like prayed for, we could, we could certainly... We need to remember the, the uh, Jimmy Myers family in prayer. Jimmy Myers family? Jimmy and Luke Myers. Okay. Jimmy Myers was a classmate of mine, and his son, Luke, had lost his wife. She passed away. Oh, okay. Luke, the son, yes. lost his wife. Okay. All right. When did that happen, Gary? Just here? You know, I, I don't know exactly when it happened. I, I got you. A few days ago, I guess. They might have already had the funeral. Are they? Thursday night. Thursday night. I, I don't know who those people are even. So are, are they believers? Or do you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So, that's is that a? Do they preach Jesus as your Savior over there at that church? Okay. Well, praise God. Maybe that lady's in heaven right now, and and uh, that would be better than this for sure. How about anything else? Anybody else got anything? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Electrocuted. <clears throat> you know, on Wednesday nights we have a, um, when we do the discipleship program, before we start off on that, we always have prayer sheet time, you know, just like you do in the service here and everything. And this is, I think, now the fourth person that I've heard about getting electrocuted around here. That must be a Texas thing. I don't ever remember, I don't know if we ever heard anybody getting electrocuted up in Ohio, so uh, it's just kind of a weird thing. Uh, Paul there, he had, I think, one or two of the people that he knows got electrocuted at the job that he works at or whatever, high-risk kind of stuff. How, how about Wally, did you have something? Or? I have something. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Sleep. All right. All right. Yeah, that would be helpful. We had a couple of kids that were like that, I think, over the years, and boy, that's, that's tough duty when you're having to mess with the children all night long like that. So anything else anybody want to say? All righty. Oh, Wayne? Right. 
Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a mess over there. And um, I think that the U.S. is kind of headed towards getting involved in that a lot more than, than maybe we ought to do. But I'm not an elected official, so I don't make any of those decisions. And uh, so you just, you just have to get through every day knowing that God really is the one in control of these. He's the one that puts people in these places and takes them out of those places and all that stuff. And, and uh, boy, it can be hard to stomach some of that, though. Yes, ma'am. Okay, all right, good. Incidentally, uh, that's not my girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. I have a wife of 31 years. So you, you, you said Jeff's girlfriend, Kate. Yeah, you did. Huh? Yep, so I haven't had a girlfriend now for 33 years, I guess. <laughs> it was the last time I had a girlfriend. <laughs> Anyways, uh, all right, unless there's something else, we'll go ahead and have some uh, word of prayer here. Father, thank you for the time that you've set aside here for us this morning to study your word and to uh, uh, look into some things here along the lines of the Sunday school. And, and Lord, I just um, uh, ask that you would look into and consider these prayer requests that we just heard about here, this wife that passes away, Luke Meyer's wife passing away. Lord, we just... Um, would be careful to give you the, the praise and the worship for her probably being in heaven right now, Lord, that you've taken another saint home, and that, that would be our, our desire. And then um, we think about this man here who got electrocuted with these two hands that he's lost and some other things. We just ask that you'd be with the family there, that um, not knowing the spiritual condition of that person, that there would be something along these lines here that would bring him to know you as Lord and Savior or some family member or maybe the whole group would, would get into that position uh, that we know and are mindful of the fact that you use things and allow things to happen, Father, that just uh, further the kingdom. And so we ask that that be the case. We think about this uh, granddaughter here, this Talon, and her um, issues with trying to sleep overnight. And, Maybe a lot of things on that little child's mind, and, and um, maybe she's not feeling so good, and that's why there's no sleeping and what have you, Lord. But we would just ask that you'd place a hand of healing on her and have that, um, and have that uh, sleep pattern get to where it would be a little more beneficial for the parents and also for the child. And we think about uh, Stephanie Lingle here. Uh, Cadence's mother that uh, we're praise, we're praise you that she got out of the surgery okay and that everything is going along well and even though there were some moments there where it looked uh, pretty, pretty bleak, uh, Lord, we're just careful to give you the thanks and the praise for how the outcome is. We'd ask that you to continue to have a hand of healing on, uh, on her. And we think about all the goings on over in Israel. Father, we just ask that you'd be with the Israeli nation that, um, that they too, as well as we are, would be mindful of the fact that you're in control of these things. You're standing by to help if needed. Lord, we don't know what is all going on over there. It's hard to find out sometimes the truth about matters, but Father, we know that you know the truth about everything and that you would uh, place your hand of protection on Israel. And uh, we just ask now that you'd continue to uh, bless our time here this morning as we get the lesson started. We love you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. All righty, folks. So I wanted to um, I wanted to 
reiterate here that the, the uh, book that we're working on here, and I'll probably say this every week just because it's copyright laws and all this kind of stuff, Sharing the Gospel with Ease by Tom S. Rayner. And uh, kind of, the, kind of the, the title of the class, even though I didn't say this last year, is just Fishers of Men. And you remember in, in uh, Matthew 4.19, And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Boy, doesn't that sound exciting. We got some fishermen in this, in this class, but uh, what we want to have is everybody in this class be fishers of men, including, including the women being fishers of men, right? And so um, that's, what the, that's what the whole idea about this is. Um, kind of as a recap from last week, I want you to remember where I, where I mentioned the fact that this this. Coach Joel, the, the guy that led the author of the book to Christ there, um, the, the quote from the book was, but Coach Joel didn't let circumstances hinder his demonstrable love for Christ. And so we want to kind of keep that in the back of our minds too. We don't want things that come up in our life to hinder our, our desire to spread the, to spread the gospel. Um, as you recall, I mentioned that uh, that uh, uh, Coach Joe, his Christian faith was just a very natural thing to him. You know, there's, uh, there are people in my life and probably people in this church that are, just have a, a natural tendency for, for some, uh, some things. I'll use, uh, I'll use uh, Brother Jeff Bilby here in this example, all right? Um, I asked him a question one day about preparing a fish while we were on that men's fishing trip. And boy, there was no question about his passion for that and his love for it and fishing and all that stuff. And Jeff, he told me about that, I think, for about 40 minutes while I watched him cut up a fish and pepper it and salt, whatever all that stuff was, and it was some of the best fish I've ever had in my life. But that's a natural, that's a natural thing. So. I've thought about this. I don't just make this stuff up when I sit up here. I even thought to myself, wow, in this class, if we could get everybody to be as passionate about soul winning and witnessing for Christ as Jeff Bilby is about telling me how to fix a piece of fish, we, we would be on to something here. There's, there's church growth and there is, is just, uh, uh, I'm telling you folks, you're just going to have to take my word for this. When you get out here and you start witnessing to people and talking to people about Jesus, it's like one of the coolest things ever. It's just fun and it, the, the, the fellowship that you build with somebody. And one of the kind of neat things about Texas down here besides your weather is, uh, is the fact that about 90% of the time, when you witness to somebody, you're going to find out they're already a fellow believer. They're, they're just, that's the way it is here. It's just, it's just a lot of people are already know Christ as their Lord and Savior, and then you can kind of develop a little relationship with them and, and what have you. So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty neat. Um, the basic message, again, here. You just you let people know they're a sinner. They have a need of forgiveness. God's plan of salvation, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. By faith, if you believe it, salvation is a free gift. I mean, that's what we're, that's what we're boiling this whole thing down to. And uh, then the other thing I think I probably mentioned and maybe mentioned it a bunch of times, and you'll probably hear about it a lot more times here over the next several weeks, is we do have a responsibility to share the gospel with people. 
It's not a, uh, Jesus didn't make it as a suggestion. He says, here's what you're, you're going to do, and as Christians, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to be out here doing this. So, um, now let's get, on to, let's get on to something a little more tangible here, maybe. The surveys. I did, I did get a whole bunch of the surveys collected back. I've had uh, at least one person apologize to me about not giving it to me, but she promises I'll have it here within the next week or so. And so, um, anyways, we'll, what we did was we just took everybody that answered and the way that the things were all wrote down and just basically came up with an average of where the, where the folks are at. And, and then I can tell you about each one of these things here. And so here's how it went. Uh, the first question, oh, incidentally, once we tallied all these things up, and I have no idea who turned to me, I just don't have any idea about any of that stuff. I don't even want to know. I don't have any interest in any of that. But what we do is we just tallied it all up, made an average, and then I can, then I can tell you what happened here. So the first question was, how often do you hand out tracks? And among the people that turned these things in, and it was, it was well over half of, of you folks, um, seldom to occasionally. Is, is how often people do that, so that's, that's encouraging. How often do you invite a family member or a friend or a neighbor to church? Well, that was occasionally to regularly. People are inviting people to church. Now, here, here's the thing to kind of remember about that. You can invite a thousand people to church, and if, if none of them come to church, that's fine. It's, that's God's problem. Our, our responsibility and our problem with that ended as soon as you made the invitation. Once that's done, then it's God's job to, to get them into church and to save them and to do everything else. But you've, you've planted a seed there. Some people, it may take them, as is, was the case with us, all right, it may take a whole ton of stuff to finally get somebody to, to make an entrance into a church house sometime. It might take four or five people witnessing to the same person over a period of years, maybe, before that person will finally accept Christ as their Savior. But again, the witnessing and the seed planting is where our responsibility ends and God's responsibility begins. We're not in the business of saving people. I, I don't even know how to do that. If it was up to me, nobody would get saved. I mean, I'm just, I, I, you know, that's not in our control. How often do you invite a stranger to church? This was, this was nearly right at, right at number three. Occasionally, people invite, uh, invite uh, a stranger to church. That's pretty easy to do with, uh, with those little cards we have at, you know, about our church here. Here you go. You need a new start. Here you go. You need a new. Just hand them out to people. It's very easy. You can, you can leave these things lay around. You can do all kinds of different stuff where you can keep your anonymity if that's what you're interested in. How often do you share your faith with a family member, friend, or a neighbor? This was, this was right around occasionally also. How often do you tell somebody about Jesus? Now, this was, this was closer to occasionally, but it was between seldom and occasionally. Now that one there is, a, um, you, could, you could take and preach probably a month worth of Sundays about just that very topic there, about telling people about Jesus Christ and what he, what he did for us. How often do you openly pray with a family member 
or a friend or a neighbor. And that's also, occasionally, people say they do that. In, in, uh, that's family members, friends, and neighbors. Then the next question is, how often do you openly pray with a stranger? That is between never and seldom. So that, I'll just have a little, I'll just have a little talk about that for just a second. The, um, one of the things that we'll, we mentioned and talked about, I think it was the thing that I actually penned in myself. It wasn't written down in the thing uh, last week in, in all my official notes that Patty had typed up for me. But there's, there's a desire to develop a keenness and an alertness to watching people and seeing who needs to be ministered to and what have you. So I, don't, I have never ever prayed with a stranger where I've just walked up to somebody and say, hey, you know, let's, let's have a word of prayer here or something. I have prayed with a, with a lot of strange people that I find out are Christian brothers or sisters in Christ when I have talked to them about other things. And then we might have a word of prayer before we go our separate directions and never see one another again, if you understand what I'm saying there. But I'll never forget the first time that I ever prayed with a total stranger. I mean, this per we, we were on a trip. This was Brother Peterson and I were on a, on a trip together. And uh, there was this lady at this gas station. She just had this glow about her. And she just, there was something about this woman that you could just, you could tell. And she had the, you know, a, a towel on her head. And that's usually a, a sign that they're going through some kind of cancer deal or whatever. And so I seen this lady over there. And I told Tori, I says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see that lady there. I want to go see what her story is. Because she just had this, this total look of peace about her. But I'd seen that thing, and I wanted to ask her about it. I, uh, I tend to get very personal with people within seconds of meeting them, generally speaking. And so I went over, and I says, hey, you know, I, I noticed you just got this beautiful radiance about yourself and everything, but I noticed that towel you have on your head here and everything. I, I'm just curious about that. She goes, oh, cancer. Have this kind of cancer, not going to be living for very much longer, and on and on and on. And, and I said, wow, um, I'm sorry to hear that. So she started kind of telling me about it, and then she started crying and what have you. She did not know Christ as her Lord and Savior, didn't know anything about any of that. And right there in that parking lot with that lady. We had prayer about her condition, had prayer about her, her uh, destination here and all that stuff. Letter to Christ there in that parking lot there. This is a person I'd never, I'll never see her. I'm sure she's dead. I mean, this was years ago and she, had, she was not, um, you know, slated to live very much longer. Even though, you know, it's God the one that makes those appointments, right? That lady could outlive me, maybe, but I'll never, I'll never know about any of that stuff. But uh, uh, that was really the only time that I've ever done that. And so it was when I was figuring out these questions, I thought that'd be interesting to see, you know, how, how many other times. But any, anyway, uh, never to seldom is where that thing came in there. So whoever filled that out, I would love to hear your story sometime about praying with a, with a stranger out there, somebody you've just never, ever run across before. What is your experience leading someone to Christ? That one came in at a, at a solid two. It was right at seldom. What is your experience with sharing your personal testimony with somebody? 
uh, that, was, that was between seldom and occasionally, and almost exactly halfway between those two, those two things. So let me just say a word about that for just a second. One of the things that happens with people in witnessing to, to folks, and, and I, I learned this early on in, in this whole thing, was folks don't know, what to, they don't know what to say to people. What do you say to somebody, even if somebody came up and asked you directly, what must I do to get saved? How do I go to heaven? Well, there's a whole bunch of things in scripture and all that stuff that you can, you can line out and tell them about how to do this and everything. But if you're, at a, if you're at a loss for words, the easiest thing that you could possibly say to the person is just give them your testimony. Just tell somebody what your personal experience has been with Jesus Christ and how you ended up accepting him as your personal Lord and Savior. And as you're doing that, I promise you folks, as you're doing that, the Holy Spirit will, will give you some scripture to let them know about. He'll start leading you down the right path to, to tell this person or persons. Sometimes you might have a little audience there. That, that's a, that can get to be a little bit touchy and fun, you, you know, because you've always got one guy over there that's going to be the naysayer in the whole group and everything. And so you're kind of having to deal with people who are generally interested. And then the one person you're having to keep him out of bounds. That's just Satan trying to mess up what you're, what you're trying to do. I could tell you a thousand stories about that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, personal testimony. Very easy to do if you've got somebody who's willing to, to listen. And most people can just remember the personal testimony right off the top of their head, really. You know. So anyway, how often do you feel uh, led by the Holy Spirit to witness to somebody? That was between occasionally and regularly. So that was very, very good news as far as I was concerned because it, it shows that the Holy Spirit is actively looking for, for people to go out here and to, to witness you know, on, the, on behalf of Jesus. How often do you respond positively to the Holy Spirit regarding witnessing? And, and that again, that was just almost a three. So it was occasionally people do that. And so... Somewhere between occasionally and regularly, we, we went down on the list just a little bit to how often do you actually do something about it. And then um, how often do you respond negatively to the Holy Spirit regarding witnessing? And, and this was a solid two, seldom. And so, so that's kind of good news too. I, I wish that that would have been a solid one, that nobody ever responds negatively to the Holy Spirit doing something. And it, it might be that the, that the only person in this room that has ever done that is me. And I have, uh, and I have probably told you all the story about uh, the Holy Ghost leading me to, to witness to a guy that had just been delivered into a hospice bed at a hospital, didn't do it. Then we turned around and after we drove 30 miles up the road and came back to this, I could never ever figure out who the guy was. And I'll tell you, that, that bothers me that, that I did not do what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do right there on the spot. And, uh, you know, that daughter that told me in the elevator, oh, my dad wouldn't be interested in that. I just kind of let her reject the gospel for her father that was on his deathbed up there and stuff. Looking back on it, I probably should have punched that lady in the mouth and said, tell me where your dad's at because I'm going to go up and tell him all about Jesus because he has an appointment here very shortly with death. And uh, I want to know about where he's going to spend eternity. I don't, I don't care about hurting anybody's feelings or any of this kind of stuff. So, 
Um, I did not do that, or I'd probably be in, I probably wouldn't be teaching this class right now. Anyway, how often do you think about the person who led you to Christ? This was good. This was, this was almost regularly. I think about the person that led us to Christ just uh, about every day. I mean, the, the, uh, Tony Vecchio and Valerie, they were the ones that, that sat there. Y'all met him. He sat in on the Sunday school class here one morning. And uh, um, that was just a, just a beautiful thing. Think about him all the time. How often do you think about the experience when you accepted Christ as your Savior? That, again, was regularly. People in the class here think about that on a, on a pretty, pretty regular basis, it looks like. And, um, and I know I do, I do also. It was a life-changing event, you know. If you had something really, really bad happen to you on a physical thing, you'd probably remember that for the rest of your life. You're going to remember, Brenda, you're going to remember your foot getting worked on probably for the rest of your life, right? You've got all kinds of things. Tony, if he was back here, he's got things to, we all have things that, that we remember. And that was a very special thing. And to us, it was very special because it happened to Patty and I exactly the same time on the same day and everything. And it was pretty cool. How often do you get aggravated with the way I teach Sunday school? That was a solid five. Everybody said consistently. And so that's tough luck. If you can do better, come up here and do it yourself. No, I'm just kidding. That was a, a 1.82, so between never and seldom. So, and, and, and you people that said occasionally or seldom or whatever, I know who you are, and I'll be talking to you after class. <laughs> Anyhow, thank you, for, thank you for doing that for us. You can still take about a week if there's, I think there's four or five people that hadn't turned them in, and, and so... Anyhow, um, we, can, we can look into that. So we talked about that. How'd y'all do on the personal challenge? I've talked to a couple different people about handing out. Did anybody pass out one tract, invite one person to church? Did nobody did anything? Boy, oh boy, oh boy, you guys. You're killing me up here. Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to go around and invite you. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? What's that? You have an excuse. You were, you were in surgery the whole time. I get it. No, that, you should have given one to the surgeon. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so there's a certain level of that that, of course, I'm just goofing around about, right? But I do want you guys to, to do this. So here's this week's challenge, okay? This time you get to try to hand out two of them. Since you didn't do the one, try to do one this time if you can. And, and listen, I, well, I forgot, to, I forgot to bring that bag of tracks with me. But anyways, we got all the things out in the, out in the hallway there. Grab a handful of those things. Just keep them in your car. Hand them to the lady at the drive-up window. And it doesn't look like any of us are missing any meals. So I know there's probably somebody that's going through a drive-up window or a grocery store or whatever. Hand those things out and just tell people. You don't, have to, you don't have to even say anything to them. Just say, here, like to see a church. That's all you got to do. The back of the ones that we have, we have two different versions of it here at, at our church. They have a salvation message right on the back. Here's what you, you, you have no idea where those things are going to end up. Um, when I hand them out now, particularly if it's somebody that says, yeah, you've given me three of these things already. So, um, because the drive-up window or whatever, I just tell them, give it to one of your coworkers then be, that I might not see at the window. Just hand these things out and, and um, you know, let's get them circulating here. So, all right. How'd you all do on the personal challenge? F minus. 
I've got that wrote down there now. We'll talk about that some more. And then next, next week, we'll, I'm going to ask again about. And so I, I think next week I'm going to have a show of hands. Then there'll be some pressure to save yourself from in, some embarrassment. So I recommend next week, if you have not done anything, you just lie about it and say, oh, yeah, I passed out. Because there's no way that I can know or anybody can know except God. Amen. God knows. He gets it. He understands. He, he can discern our heart, and he can know where we're at with this stuff. And so I really and truly want this to be a fun, pleasurable thing. You, you guys, it's, it's just it's really, it's really pretty cool. So, and some of you know that, as indicated by the thing. There's people that share their faith. They share it with their families, share it with you know, neighbors and all this sort of thing. So, all right. So here's a, here's a question by way of the lesson introduction. We're, we're, we don't even have that much time left, and I haven't even gotten started yet here because we wanted to talk about all these other things here. Where has witnessing gone? Where in the world did that happen? Well, back from the days of the disciples, it, it was something that Jesus had to kind of beat these guys over the head a little bit about, you've got to go out and tell people about this. Remember, there were all these different stories about what was going on. One of the, one of the main reasons why witnessing has gotten, you know, sharing our faith and everything has gotten off to a, or, or has gone kind of downhill a little bit, is because in our minds, we complicate the thing to just unbelievable levels. The, uh, uh, I have heard uh, stories about people leading the people to Christ where it takes hours to do it. Well, that's, that's all well and good if the person, if you have a captive audience that wants to wants to do that. Um, questions that get asked, scripture that comes up, all the different things that you need to, maybe I guess the word would be pacify somebody with when you do it. But really, you can, give some, you can share the gospel and the Holy Spirit can convict somebody and you can lead somebody to Christ in about five minutes. I mean, it does not need to take that long. Now, we don't want to confuse that five-minute conversion with a, all right, say this prayer after me, and after you're done, you're saved, yeah. and that's it. And then you find out, you know, 20 years later that that person never really got saved because they don't even remember doing any of this kind of any of this kind of stuff. So, um, a, a well-planned out, well-executed, well-led by the Holy Spirit conversation with somebody. In five minutes, you can see somebody genuinely get saved and come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. In a lot of cases, uh, you might see that person back at church the following week. You might see all kinds of different stuff. I've seen them were down the road and heard stories about down the road. They're a pastor of a church now. I mean, this, this stuff, the way, it, the way it works, the way God has this thing all set up is just, it's unbelievable. And to be part of it is just an adventure like you wouldn't, uh, wouldn't believe. Um, it's, it's very, very uh, simple here. Here's some scripture that's often quoted about this stuff. It says, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. 
So verse 18 there in this, in this uh, scripture reminds us that we operate under the authority and power of Jesus Christ. So we want to say that and we want to remember that because I want that to be an encouragement to you. I might have mentioned to you folks that early on in, in my witnessing to people, I was the guy. I was going to lead somebody to Christ come hell or high water and all this kind of stuff, right? And, um, and you go through that, and then it, at some point, it, I don't know if somebody told me this or if the Holy Spirit did or whatever, probably somebody, probably one of my mentors told me, you know what, Jeff, this isn't about you at all. This is about God and his work after you plant a seed. And in my whole attitude about witnessing to people, my boldness to go out and do it, it all, it all changed when I knew that really this is Jesus's problem, not mine. It's God's business to deal with people that get witnessed to and, and what have you. And, and so we are actually doing this under the authority of Jesus. That's what the scripture says. All power is given him so you guys can have that same power and go out and go out and do this. When you're, you know, a a, uh, a person that cast out a demon or something, they cast it out in the name of Jesus. Well, we can save people in the name of Jesus. We can tell people about Jesus under his authority. Uh, evangelism is not a human-centered effort. There are human beings involved with it, but it doesn't have anything to do with any power or anything that we have in our control to see that people get saved. Verse 19 here reminds us that we should be sharing the gospel as we go through our life. Observe people that you know who are not believers and tell them about the good news. It is a really good thing to tell somebody. You know, the Bible talks about we, we've, got, we've got all these things and we're not happening around us right now. We just talked about Israel, talking about different things going on in this earth right now. We don't have any idea where any of this stuff is, is headed at. But the Bible does say this. When the, when the time gets closer and closer, don't sit around and do nothing. That's the time when we're supposed to be even doing more of this stuff. Visiting with one another, being around one another, congregating with one another and all this stuff, and also telling more people about, about the Lord. It would be a terrible thing if the, if the rapture happened right now and I've got family members that still don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That bothers me that, it, that it's like that. But you know what? They've heard the gospel and it's all in God's hands now. They, I don't have anything to do with that anymore. All right. Verse 20 reminds us that Jesus will always be with us. He's always going to be with us through the thick and thin of these things. And Acts 1.8 says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So he's going to be, he's going to be with us through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, will be with us as we're going through this witnessing and telling people about, uh, about Christ. Jesus, sure, will have the Holy Spirit that's going to help us with all these things. We will be a witness for Christ, telling people everywhere. All right? So there's a little, there's a little one of those gospel tracts that I have at home written by this Chick Publications. And the title of that particular one is who, me, and that thing goes through there and it just, the, the question in the thing is, what can I do about witnessing to people? What can I really honestly do about witnessing to folks out there? And the whole premise of this is how do you go about passing out these gospel tracts? Well, you can go around and hand them out to people 
or you can just leave these things lay around too. They're, they're good if they just sit around. Those, those chick tracks, and I have checked with Pastor Pugh about kind of you know, emphasizing those or touting them or saying this is a good thing, and he's, he's okay with that. Um, their thing is they just want to see these things everywhere. And they're these little comic book things, and they're, they say right in their literature, these things are kind of irresistible. And they really are. Once you start reading one, it's hard to put the thing down, and there's all these interwoven things about Jesus and about salvation. Every one of them has a salvation message in there. And there's this little publication that they put out there. It, uh, it has just testimony after testimony, photographs of people sitting around at all these different places reading these, reading these things. Some people talk about in their testimonies about how they got saved with one of those that they found laying in a mud puddle some, somewhere. Somebody threw it away or it you know, blew out of the trash or something, or just even maybe got lost, but they found this little comic book and start reading it. It's like, yeah, I've got a, I need to know about this Jesus. I want to find out some more about it here. So we, we want to do these every, every place. Jesus gives us a command that begins with a promise, all right? He's going to be with us when we're, when we're doing this. Go do this, and I'm going to help. It's, uh, it's like my co-pilot on the airplane. You fly the stinking airplane while we've got this emergency going on, and I'm going to be right here to help you with whatever we need to get done. That's a comfort to people. And so we've got our pilot in command here. Jesus Christ is telling us, hey, I'm going to help you out here with, uh, with what you're doing when you're witnessing to people. This should give the believer courage and not fear. We don't want to be fearful about any of this thing. All right, so far, anybody's got any questions, comments, concerns about anything? We're just about out of time. That's amazing. How in the world can we be just about out of time? I've, I've got, look at all these pages I still have to get. You told me, you said you're never even going to get through the introduction today. So, anyhow, no questions, comments, concerns? So, how are we doing about witnessing to people? I do have time probably to cover this. That's a question. And it's not too good. All right? Not us. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about collectively Christians, all right? So this guy that wrote this book, he has, a, he has a business that he operates, and they've helped thousands and thousands of churches in their growth and witnessing operations and what have you. And he's got this company, this business, that he does this under called Church Answers. He'll get a phone call from somebody like Pastor Pugh, and, uh, and Pastor Pugh might say, hey, can you come out here and you know, hang around with me for about a week? And, because we're really concerned. We have not had any church growth here in three years. We haven't, not one new member, we haven't had a baptism, we haven't had anything done. And this man will come in here and, and assess what's going on. It's kind of like when a business has trouble, you finally bring in a bunch of auditors and they say, yeah, here's what you're doing wrong. You need to change this and this and this, and this will get you back on the, the track here as far as your company is concerned. So there is a track that you have to be on when it comes to church growth into witnessing to people and leading the people to Christ here. So here's what they found out in this study by this Church Answers team. Only one person is reached for Christ for every 19 people in attendance in a church. So if you had a church of just 19 people, and our church is much larger than that, um, you, would, you would maybe have one person come to know Christ and maybe join that church every 
once a year. And then he goes on to say this, considering the average congregation only has half in attendance, all right, um, that equates to one person reached in every 38 numbers, or every 38 people here. Now, if, and Patty and I were talking about this last night, we don't have that problem here at Bible Baptist Church in, in Bridgeport. We have, generally speaking, the same people that'll be here this morning on Sunday morning are gonna be here next Sunday morning and the Sunday morning after that, barring some vacations and stuff. But when you start looking at the number of people that are here on Sunday night, that's a different number than it is Sunday morning, and I'm sad to say that. When you start looking at the people who are here on Wednesday night, that might even be a different number than it is on Sunday morning by, by some lower amount. It's pretty rare in these churches that there's more people on Wednesday night or Sunday night than there are on Sunday morning, right? A Sunday morning you have visitors, you've got all these other things going on here and what have you. And so uh, just we, we want to keep that in mind here. And then uh, uh, here's what it boils all down to. Most church members never share their faith. They, they just don't. People don't tell people about Jesus or tell anybody about what our church is all like. Go put your arm around somebody that's in need in the grocery store and say, you look like you're having a rough time here. We got a great church over here. You ought to come out on Sunday morning and visit our church and see the people over there. Jesus himself spoke about these things, and that's where we're going to end here this morning, and we'll get started back up with that next, uh, next week. So, Father, thank you for the time that you've given us here this morning. We'd ask now that you'd be with the preacher as he comes and gives us a message, help open our hearts and our minds to be receptive of it, Lord, and to apply application to it in our lives. We love you, praise you, and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. All right, thank you, folks. I appreciate your attention.